kiddos. Welcome to a new adventure. Nerdy Teacher and I are eager to talk to you in a tavern talk today about creating a Dungeons and Dragons character. Today, we're going to be talking about fighters. And we both know something about fighters. She's better mechanically than I am, but I cannot wait to get my claws into the backstory for the character that we're going to be creating. First character I ever played was a fighter. Uh, Pixel was going to let me be the uh, a player at a table, an experimental table, where he's going to show us how to play D&D. And I picked fighter because I'm feisty and I have an edge. And I picked halfling because I'm short. And I picked acrobat because I used to be an acrobat. And I picked flail because flailing around sounded really exciting to me. And that was Bethelinda, because Beth is my favorite name. And Bethelinda just kind of sounded sweet and like the name of somebody that might be in a carnival, tossing other people around. And that was my first character uh, and my first fighter. How about you, nerdy teacher? Well, my first fighter was uh, a dual wielding, dual wielding, I can speak English, fighter named Rain, uh, who was a human fighter, as basic as you can get, but I loved taking her into combat and her just taking down every single enemy that she came across. Okay. Well, I am your subject today. I am the person who knows less about the mechanics than most parts of Dungeons and Dragons. I'm guilty of uh, having Pixel do the hard work and help me create a character. So you are greeting me as a newbie who really, we're going to pretend, has never been a fighter. So let's go. I'm ready. Okay. So for anyone who is trying to get into D&D and be a player for the first time, many people, you can look it up on the internet, many people will recommend the fighter. And even uh, people such as Critical Role or Crap Guides to D&D, they will always say fighter is the easiest. And that is true for the most part. <laughs> but it is also the most relatable. <laughs> when, when you're trying to get into D&D, there's so much that you can do. When you role play, you come across a door that you can't get through. You can lockpick it. You can use magic. You, If you're a rogue, you can lockpick it. You can use magic if you're a sorcerer or a wizard. Uh, there's so many things that you can do. But if you're brand new, you might not know all that. So most people will stick with a fighter. And they will really shine in combat. The downside is outside of combat, you might not have all, a whole lot to do. but that's up to you and how you want to role play it. Yeah. But if you're if you're starting out brand new, just the idea of the spells, it can be overwhelming. And one of the things that I've learned from watching people when they play is that some people will say, I want to be a wizard because they're used to playing uh, Neverwinter or Rift or one of those games where, you know, or Elden Ring. I don't know where you have all this magic stuff. And but it's different in Dungeons and Dragons. It's there's a little bit more to the spells and it can be overwhelming. So spider, uh, yeah, spider, fighter really is, uh, was much easier for me to even comprehend than bonus dad who chose to be the wizard. Okay. And he really struggled. Oh, goodness. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I will always recommend fighter, it, but I think every class is easy and difficult depending on how you take it. So today my intent is to help you bonus mom as our newbie um, in chat okay. here and anybody who's in chat on uh, Twitch here to learn how to play fighter. So if you have any questions, put them down in chat 
and I'll see if, uh, you know, the bonus bomber pixel will let me know, see if we can answer it for you. And but, we both have our eyes on chat. We're going to relieve you of that duty a little bit, but you're getting <laughs> haze and hellos from a bunch of different folks on here. We have about 11 people watching us so far and they are eager to learn more. And except one person who says, okay, now I want to play a spider because I said spider <laughs> instead of fighter. <laughs> Well, maybe we have a spider fighter. I don't know. We could. We could. <laughs> but uh, anyone who's getting started, the player's handbook is the best place to start, which is what I'm going to be referencing for the most part today. And when you uh, choose your character, you you know you pick your class and whatever you want to do. And this is the page for the fighter. They begin on page 70. And when you are choosing fighter the first thing that you got to think about is what weapon do you want to use? Because fighters are proficient in every weapon, every armor, all shields, just everything. So you get to pick from anything. Most uh, classes only get a few fighters. Right. You can use whatever you want. So the going forward, you got to decide that pretty early on, because if you want to be heavy hitting and using a battle axe or a great sword, then you need to really focus on your strengths. If well, you want to be a ranger or use a dagger or a rapier, then you want to focus on your dexterity. Bonus bomb? Okay. So you suggest actually picking, if you pick fighter, one of your first decisions is which weapon you want to use. That is interesting. Okay. All right. And uh, do so weapon, so fighters can use the, the dual handed weapons too, where you... Well, every character, they can use anything. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay. That their fighters do have a specialty where they can dual wield and we'll get to that. Uh, But every character is able to attack with their bonus action. If they have a light weapon in their offhand, like a dagger or other weapons that are classified as light. Um, The downside though, is you just, you roll the dice. You don't get to add your modifier or anything to it. So it's a little weaker. Makes sense. It's with your offhand. I'm horrible with my left hand. Can't do anything with it. Makes sense. Um, but when I yeah, was but- picking Rain, I wanted her to have two weapons. I wanted that image of two weapons in her hands. So I knew what I wanted going forward. Uh, what weapon did your, was it Bethaline? Uh, Bethalinda. Bethalinda. Uh, I picked Flail because I loved the idea of flailing around. That was the the total reason, but I, I picked a Flail. Um. And then I, I, yeah, uh, yeah, I think she may be the only fighter I've ever fought. That's kind of interesting. But anyway, I picked flail and I probably had a dagger in the offhand. I don't think I probably was very wise about it. Like I would run into the thing in the beginning where I would forget what I had, you know, and I missed opportunities for things because there's so much on that page you're trying to focus on. Um, If I had to do it again, I I didn't start out with the idea of the weapon. I decided that later on. But I think that's very good advice. Decide what you want to look like as a fighter. And that's also a very helpful thing is to think about what you're going to what you're going to look like, what your fighting style is going to be like, because that just kind of adds into as you start to build your character and your backstory. What you're going to look like when you fight, and that can be really cool and give you lots of chances to paint interesting, uh, pretty pictures. Yes. Now, when you start, you do get some starting equipment. And as far as weapons go, you get to pick um, 
a martial weapon or two martial weapons. It gives you a choice between longbow, crossbow, hand axes. So you may not get exactly what you want right away, or you may change your mind. But if you know that you want to be in the front lines, you want to run right up to the dragon and you want to slash at it, then you're going to be a strength-based fighter. If you want to stay in the back and maybe survive a little bit longer, uh, then you want to be a dexterity-based fighter. And I have seen um, in one of my games, uh, someone became a uh, longbow archer fighter and they were amazing. So it's uh, just, it really depends on the weapon because as we discussed, what's a fighter good at? Fighting. <laughs> so start there, in my opinion. And when you're in combat, I'll tell you as a player, now I'm moving over to player instead of the character. Mm-hmm. When bonus mom is sitting at the table, there are situations and battles that you get into where you are always, it's just, you're in a hallway and everything is melee, right? Whatever for the person in front. And then the people in the back, if you're in a five foot hallway, there's no way you can get up there or different circumstances. The bad guy is over there and you're over here and there's a river between you. So a wise thing to do when you're picking weapons is to pick a ranged weapon and a melee weapon. So will you tell us again the difference between those two, range and melee? Because if they're a brand new player, they're saying, what's a melee weapon? So, Sure. Melee weapons, uh, there's going to be a whole section of just weapons in the player's handbook. Mm-hmm. And I have a handy-dandy post-it note on that page. That ah. is still there. <laughs> And I reference it quite a bit. Come on, come on, get there. But melee weapons tend to be anything that is going to be close combat. Um, Let's see. There was the armor. Ah, yep. Weapons page. Let's see. Come on, unblur it. Nope, not going to work. All right. (laughs) So you have simple melee weapons that go from uh, a club to a spear. It can, um, it's those basic weapons that uh, are simple in make. But then you go to martial melee weapons, which are the ones that are a little bit uh, better make, such as battle axes or long swords. And it's going to really depend on what you want your character to be and do on which melee weapon you choose. But those are all going to be up close and personal. When we played the majority of our Dungeons and Dragons games online using Roll20, we tend to move in five foot increments. Okay, so like... Some of our battle scenes are even, do you use that or do you do the hexagon? No. <laughs> yeah. And so being in melee means that that your character's in one five-foot square and the other, and the enemy is in an uh, adjacent five-foot square. And so as long as you're like one side of your square is touching the enemy square, that's melee. And then a lot of the range, you need to be 20, 30, 40, 50 feet away. Mm-hmm. But you have the protection of that. Somebody can't bash you because you're further away. I just asked chat what they wanted us to um, to pick. I said, what weapon do you want to pick? And, and while we're kind of talking in general things, we picked a fighter. And I'm curious to see what chat. Okay, Biorvio, when he thinks fighter, thinks longsword. And that's the first one, so I'll go with it. We're, we're thinking longsword. So tell us about the longsword. Longsword is excellent because uh, it can do 1d8 slashing damage if you're using one-handed, but if you decide to go versatile and put both hands on it, then it becomes a 1d10 of damage. 
Uh, I would stick with the 1D8 if I was choosing this um, and go one-handed because if you take a certain feat with your fighter, then you could get a second longsword in your offhand. Ah. So then you're doing 2D8. <laughs> then you're doing 2D8. Okay. But depends on how you want to go with that. But for now, we've got one longsword. And if we put both hands on it, then it's going to become a stronger attack. So we've got so. that versatile. And it, it's a good range weapon. So Range weapon? A longsword. I'm, I'm sorry. Yes. It's a <laughs> melee weapon. We're talking about melee. Bonus mom has the worst habit of saying the wrong words. So please right. stop and correct me every time. It's the one that you use when you get up close and personal. Yes. Thank you, nerdy teacher. You're fine. And a lot of people don't consider fighters uh, with um, bows and arrows, but there actually are, um, what do I want to say? Not feats, attributes that are within the player's handbook that will help an archer fighter. And when people think archers, they tend to think rangers. So most people think fighter, they think sword, shield, let's go. Uh, which is something else to bring up because you could either do two weapons or you could do a sword and then you could do a shield. And that shield brings your AC up by two, which and, and AC refers to armor class. So that's how hard it is to hit you. Okay, so we're a fighter, and we have picked a long sword, which is a melee weapon, as our up close and personal thing. Mm -hmm. We can either we have the possibility now of long sword, and maybe another long sword, or something else in the other hand, or a shield. And then shield brings us to the issue of armor class, which are we going to be a fighter who wears armor or not? And mm. if so, are we going to use the field? Because that will make AC, a higher AC, a higher number for your armor uh, class means you're harder to hit. And what determines on whether you hit is how you roll the dice. The numbers on the dice determine everything. You can decide <laughs> you're going to be a whole bunch of things, but the dice have to be rolled and you'll find out if you succeed or not. Exactly. Oh, so I think if we're going basic fighter, then long sword and shield is a great place to start because okay. it uh, gives you some protection. So you won't die at level one and you do get to still do that one D eight of damage. But once you choose fighter and you decide what type of weapon you want to specialize in, then that helps you decide your fighting style which is why I, again, said you got to pick what weapon you want, what you want your fighter to look like in battle, because the fighting style ranges from archery to dual wielding to being a defensive person, um, all the way down to a two-handed fighting. So, I'm sorry, two-weapon fighting. So, you got to pick what type you want. Let's see. If we're going to have a long sword with a shield, then I don't think the archery is going to help us out too much. Um, defense, while you're wearing armor, you gain a plus one bonus to AC. That's not bad at all because we've got our shield. So that's plus two. Add one more. Now we're harder to hit. And what the pluses mean is to determine this, that their point is going to come at when I'm going to roll the dice. And now mm -hmm. I get to add three to whatever I roll. And so that just makes those numbers better. So that's what like the plus one, plus two, all those numbers refer to adding additional numbers to whatever dice you roll. There is uh, the dueling feat, or I'm sorry, fighting style, where if you are wielding a melee weapon in one hand and no other weapons, just like our uh, long sword and shield, 
you gain a plus two bonus to damage rolls. So you do a little more damage every swing. Okay. And that's if you have the shield in one hand, because it's not a weapon and a weapon in the other hand. So that's dueling. We get more damage. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then we've got great weapon fighting, which a lot of people choose. Oop, I just knocked over something. One second. There we go. <laughs> um, let's see. Great weapon fighting. When you roll a one or a two on a damage dice for an attack you make with the melee weapon that you are wielding with two hands, we'd have to lose our shield. You can re-roll the die and you must use the new roll. So you get, if we hold our sword with two hands, we got our 1d10, we roll a one, uh, but yeah. we can re-roll it. Re-roll it. So if we get a four that time, that's a lot better. We get a 10, that's amazing. A lot of people who are going great axe or battle axe or great sword, they choose this one. And I can see why you do more well, damage. And if there are some of you out there who have been watching us play on Roll20, watches Ages of Minor or Siege of Castle Rand or or um, Curse of Strahd, you have listened to the players saying, I'm just not having a night for dice, you know, and you're just like, it seems... The nice the dice hit or they don't hit or it's just crazy and you can get one or two or three natural ones or twos or whatever in some of the most excruciating circumstances. So that opportunity to real roll, that's like that chat inspiration that we beg everybody for <laughs> when we're playing in Curse of Strahd. So that's pretty darn valuable. Now, again, you go two-handed, you've lost the shield. So the AC comes back down again, but you do more damage and you can re-roll those couple of lower rolls. So that's exactly. two-handed. Okay. So uh, that would be great weapon fighter. Great weapon. Oops. You're fine. Protection actually requires you to be using a shield. So maybe we like protection. Uh, that is, if you have an ally within five feet of you and they're about to be attacked, you can use your reaction and put disadvantage on that attack. So they are less likely to hit your friend. And that's that is a deep excellent if you want to be a protector. Protector. Mm -hmm. Okay, you can help your teammates. That can really come in handy. Am I am I right when I say this? Correct me if I'm wrong. If like your wizard tends to hang out close by a lot, you know, that you can that it because wizards tend out to be to be what we call squishy fighters that we mm -hmm. can help our wizards if we do that. It, yes, if we're standing next to the squishies, which are the the characters who can do magic and a lot of damage, but they can't really take a whole lot, yeah. uh, then you can impose disadvantage using your shield to protect them. And that is helpful. The downside is you do have to be within five feet of them. I don't think it's often that our fighter is going to be within five feet of the wizard or the ranger, um, the sorcerer, because they probably are going to be more towards the back and we're up front center. So I can see it being useful, but it's situational at best yeah yeah you it depends on your wizard i i one of my sons who played a wizard uh was very well known because all the rest of us didn't know what we were doing he was practically a leroy jenkins he was a wizard but he just <laughs> rushed into everything because we're all like this is my home group that was brand new the bonus dad bonus mom and my and my niece, you know, we're just all sitting there like whatever. So Redbeard would charge right in there and he was a wizard. So oh, no. <laughs> so you know, yeah, and he ended up, it, yeah, he got, he he lost it. We we had a party kill and he was it. But Bonus Dad was killed the same night. So we had a double party kill in oh. one game. 
So again, all these things we're talking about are ultimately going to get around to dice. And that's where these numbers are going to come from with AC and whether you have a better strength or a dexterity. But we're being a little bit more general than that right now than rolling dice online. We're just kind of setting up for the sort of things that you think about when you're creating that character. Okay. And there's one more, and it's the one that Rain took. It's the two-weapon fighting. Yeah. So uh, two-weapon fighting allows you to... When you have that light weapon in your offhand, could be a dagger, could be something else, you can add your modifier to that roll. So everyone else can do that with their bonus action. They can attack with a dagger in their offhand or any other light weapon, of course, but they don't get to add their modifier. Now I do. Okay. I also also paired this with a feat where I didn't have to have a light weapon. I could use what I want, but that's later. That's fourth level. Okay. And when we're talking modifier, again, this is a lot, but let's touch on it. We'll probably go into more detail. Again, where does the idea of of a modifier, because it's going to modify the number on your dice that you ultimately roll or the the model, the number of damage that you do when you roll. So tell us about modifiers a little bit. Sure. And uh, after we uh, talk about this, and Bonus Mom's going to um, create this character with us, that's when um, I, th- I think either before or after Bonus Mom, you decide if we're going to roll dice or discuss it. But when you start creating your character, you will have um, six ability scores, strength, dexterity, constitution. We've already discussed these. Uh, well, some of them at least. And the numbers that you either roll or your DM tells you to use um, a certain way to get these numbers, they have a modifier with them. 20 is plus five, 18 is plus four, uh, 10 is a flat zero. So everything in between and even lower if you don't get to that 10. (laughs) Um, And these modifiers uh, affect your damage, how well you hit, how often you hit, Uh, it can affect all sorts of abilities and ability checks. And those are all things that we can discuss. Um, Like I said uh, earlier, I think we're going to need a whole section just to discuss the the, the character sheet. But to get an idea, if you have an idea, just like we're working through now with our fighter, we know some things. Yeah, see, there's there's that character sheet. You can see it from a distance and there's lots of little blocks and things. But with there being so much to think about, if you kind of get an idea of, uh, you know, like we're setting some things down here, we're making some decisions of what we want to quote unquote look like. Then when we get to rolling the dice that build our character numerically and mechanically, we're going to have a better idea of where to put those things. If you decide that you're going to be uh, an agile fighter, Mm -hmm. you give yourself the worst number that you roll to dexterity, you're going to be in trouble. If you decide you want to have huge smashing power as a fighter, boom, and you give yourself a minus one, it ends up being in weakness, you're in strength, you're going to really be a weak fighter. So we're on the right track here. We're getting started. We have a fighter who uh, is going to, the main weapon is going to be a long sword and there's also you need to know the opportunities as you go through adventures to pick up lots of other things we can use our long sword two-handed we can make that a part of of who we are or we can go with the dueling where we dueling we get to re-roll low roll to run it through it just quickly for me one time because now it's probably time for me to decide 
So two weapon fighting would be uh, we have a long sword and a light weapon in our offhand, like a dagger. Or if we um, work with uh, a, a feat, we can get um, two long swords if we want to go in uh, basically like just slashing everything in our way. Basic fighters will, um, I think the best choice might just be the longsword and the shield, but um, it's totally up to you and chat right now. You know, if You're I am brand thing. new, yeah, chat can tell me what you think. I sort of know what my, what my indication is with my first thing, and I started typing these in here, and I'm not sure if I got them all in there, so I'm going back to look. Great weapon protector where you can help the person standing beside you but that's very situational about yeah, when you're actually beside anybody um and then there's the two-handed that's three there are four aren't there which one did i not get typed in there um there is defense where if you are just wearing armor you also get a yeah. plus one uh yeah, to your defense. AC, so you're harder to hit my inclination because i'm I'm fairly new in the game. I've only ever done. Yeah. Miss Sneaky says being new, I do a shield. That's exactly where I was going. I want to learn how to bash the monster, but I want to defend myself the best because I'm not sure I'm going to be smart going into contact. I may get too close to bad situations. And so the higher my armor class, the less, you know, they have to roll a higher number to hit me. So that's my, this one is defense and dueling are mechanically the most beneficial so let me I'm going ask with defense. If we're okay, if we're yeah, if what are we most concerned about? Defense or offense? Because if we want to focus on uh protecting ourselves, then defense is the best call. Protector is great if you want to defend other people, but it is situational. Defense, As I'm brand new, always have that. If I'm brand new and this is my first character and this is where I'm coming from, tenacious C, I'm thinking about you. I want to damage somebody. But I want to protect myself, too, because I'm not even sure that I know exactly how to move in a battle, where to go, how the five foot squares are going to work. I want to be harder to hit. I want both worlds. I want to get to bash the monster and protect myself. So I'm going to go for the defense fighter. Absolutely. And if I decide I don't like it, I'll get a different weapon. Absolutely. Something. Okay. So, so I'm getting the sword and the shield, the sword and the shield. One year for Christmas, uh, Redbeard the Pink wanted a sword and a shield and a Superman costume. So I guess I'll hold on the Superman costume, but I want the sword and the shield. <laughs> well, I don't know. We got we got Spider and we got Superman. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe your uh, character you create today is going to be a little odd, but. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So also with level one, another thing that you get would be second wind which is a bonus action, I believe, Ooh. double checking. Yes. Second win is a bonus action that you can use to roll a 1d10 uh, and add however many levels you have in fighter to your health points. So you can use it once per long rest and double checking that. Yes. Oh, actually once per short or long. Ooh, so short that's or very long. Useful. That's crucial. See, we're getting um, into all these terms. I'm just, while you're saying these things, I'm just thinking. I know. There's so much. For this, that, yeah, we're going to be meeting a lot and talking as we lead through this. But I hope that our chat, and I haven't been able to look at it because I've been so focused on what you've been <laughs> saying. I hope you're hearing lots of things that you want to find out more about because we want to share it with you. Um, so, yeah. Okay. We talked about mods. But We've gone. I, I have veered. We've gone um, 
to a defensive fighter. Where are we going next? Tell me now. What's the next thing on here? Well, what we're getting to is choosing our archetype. And that's the next thing. But we've got uh, just real, just quickly. Second, uh, no, at first level, you also get second wind. Second where you wind. Can heal yourself that's a little awesome. bit in yeah. battle. Basically, like just take a quick breath. Second wind, you get to go again, and you are healed a little. Okay, I know what, and I and I know. Wait before you go with that. I know what I was going to say. A thing that has to be mentioned, just to get everybody even more confused, is that in this roll, this rolling dice and stuff, we're going to have something called hit points, and that Mm -hmm. means how healthy you are. And at level one, you're not going to have very many health points. You could have as few as eight or nine or ten, and that means if somebody hits you and does like six points of damage, and you go from ten to four in one fell swoop, somebody only has to hit you and hurt you a little bit, another two, and you are literally next to being unconscious. And so what she is telling you about is that second win is something that you get from being a defensive fighter that means you can roll a d10 which is a 10-sided dice and add your first level so that's a one to whatever you roll if you roll a seven plus a one wow you've got eight health points back so that's a really really good thing and for anybody at any level but particularly your lower level fighters who start out with not very much health and not very many hit points okay so that's second win so what's next well at second level this is where you get the infamous action surge. Oh. Many people dip their toes into fighter just to get two levels in, just to get the action surge. And it is, you get to take a second action mm-hmm. on your turn. So if you're a fighter and you're at level five, which we'll get to, and you've got two attacks every turn, you hit, you hit, it's close to dying, but it's not dead yet. Action surge, hit, hit again. It and that can do it. Extremely helpful. (laughs) Yeah. And that's another part of the terminology. I know we need to do one on the different actions you can do. Mm -hmm. I think I maybe did some tutorials about that. But when it's your turn, when you're going through a rotation, you're in a battle, everybody rolls the dice, and that determines who goes first, who goes second. And every single battle that changes because you roll a a D20 every time. Um, then Everybody on their turn can do certain things, and we'll talk about that more. But one of them is your attack. You can do an attack roll. And what she's saying is, in some instances, you can do two attack rolls, maybe even three attack rolls. And that's three opportunities or two or one to roll the dice and hopefully get a high enough number to hit the monster. If you hit the monster, you get to roll another dice that tells you how much damage you do. So the dice are very important and those extra rolls really are. are extremely important. <laughs> yes, I agree. And as you level up, you start out, if you're starting out a brand new adventure and you're a first time player, you'd be very wise to start level one. You're not going to meet any really terribly horrible monsters like Strahd and Curse of Strahd. Um, but it doesn't take much to, to lay you low. So everything you can get to keep your hit points, to give you opportunities to hit more, more hit points, it'll keep you alive during battle. Now, uh, since the next step is level three. Okay. That's when we're going to pick our speciality. And there is a lot to discuss with that subclass. Uh, Perhaps that is where we'll just mention that we do that. And then the subclass will 
We'll discuss all the subclasses after. Let's okay. just discuss basic fighter all the way down to level 20. Because there's it only a few makes more. Sense. If you think about like, you know, picture yourself, you you go off to learn a skill, you know, any skill, and they mm-hmm. put you in the in the beginning of the 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 manufacturing plant and your job is to unload all the screws and lay them out in the right order or whatever. But as you learn to do more things, you get to do better jobs in the factory or in the office or wherever or at school as you're you know, going to school, you start out with reading and writing and we end up with calculus and trigonometry. But anyway, the same thing in D&D. You get better at what you're doing and you get more tricks and you get more abilities, uh, but you also get up against harder monsters. So we so. are a fighter. We need to decide our subclass, but we're going to put a pin in that real quick and just okay. discuss what else we get with, with fighter. Okay. So, Just like with video games, and again, this is going to be different for every table and how every DM wants to handle it, but just with video games, you get better, you level up, you keep going. And the next thing is level four, and you get your first ability score improvement. And there's two things that you can do with that. You can either take two points and add that to your ability scores. Ability scores being what we've talked about, strength, dexterity, uh, constitution for how much HP you have, intelligence if you want to go the magic route, or wisdom if um, you want to have that, or charisma if you want to be charismatic. You get to add two extra points, either two to one or one to two, to boost your ability. Or the other option, take a feat. And there's a list of feats in D&D and they keep adding more with every book that comes out. But feats will do amazing things. For example, um, Keen Mind is an interesting feat where you remember every single thing that's happened in the last 30 days. And you always know where North is. Believe me, that can be helpful. (laughs) If you're underground, you still know where North is. Mm -hmm. It's really hard to get lost. If you uh, want to improve yourself as a fighter, you can uh, take many different feats. You could be a mounted combatant and fight from your horse or owlbear if you are good enough to tame one. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And there's, there's just so many. And it's a great way to personalize your character to be what you want her or him to be or them. Uh, The thing about fighters though, backtrack, every other class, sorcerer, wizard, bard, barbarian, they get ability score improvements or feats at 4, 8, 12, 16, and 20. They get five. Fighters get them at 4, 6, 8, 12, 14, 16, and 19. They get seven. They might not get it at 20. They might get it at 19. I might've been wrong okay. about that, but okay. everyone else gets uh, five, you get seven. So fighters do get to become really good at what they want to be good at because uh, they get a little bit extra every single, well, almost every other level, four, six, eight, every other level, you're getting an ability score improvement. You're easily going to get that coveted 20 in the ability score for whatever you want. Well, Pixel has put in chat what the six ability scores are. And a lot of times for fighter, you end up putting your highest number in strength. And then I'm thinking your second highest in health. Yes. So the player's handbook actually recommends that. You either choose strength or dexterity as your highest. And then your second is constitution. 
unless you want to dabble in a subclass that might be more intelligence-based. And I'm going to talk about one in a little bit. Okay. But strength and can you take a hit? Constitution. And those so are probably you your roll, most important ones. You roll those original numbers and you put them where you want them to be in the six slots on the side of your paper. And you'll get bone, you'll get uh, like you might roll a 18 and get four, I guess, or something. Then it ends up being a plus four. And that plus is what you get to add to the weapons and all the stuff. Yes. Um, but then you get opportunities, as she's saying, when she says to improve your ability store. So you can make your strength even higher than it was when it started by when you get to these certain levels, you can improve those scores and you can get even stronger or even wiser or even more healthy. You can kind of pick and choose as you level up. Some levels, you get to pick lots of things. At some levels, it doesn't seem like very much comes along, but it all works to making you better and stronger, which would be the case if you were doing this in real life. You know, our our lieutenants versus or our captains versus our second lieutenants in the army, you're getting stronger and better at what you do. <laughs> you're ranking up. <laughs> so, yeah. Or you can decide you learn. So it, your scores, you're, you're pretty strong already. You're pretty healthy. You're, you're doing good, but there could be some feats, some special things you get to do some fun stuff. It's like that you can do in battle that just, you know, it blows the other folks away. And there are lists of those that it would be wise at, when you're getting ready, when you think I'm getting close to leveling up to really kind of look at that and think. And the players who build the strongest and most versatile character, uh, fighters are the ones who read the book or look at it on D&D Beyond or ask, you know, talk to the DM about it and say, you know, this is who I am and this is what I want to do, but I'm trying to decide. And usually your DM can give you really good advice if you're not sure. And I depend on Pixel a lot or whoever my DM is. Exactly. And there are so many feats in the player's handbook to get you started. And then there's so many more if you're using uh, the online features such as D&D Beyond or just buying the books. It just go through and see what you want. If you're a archer, then maybe take the sharpshooter feat. If you are uh, a fighter, but you want more HP, then you want the tough feat. There's just, there's so much that you can do. There's one of my favorites is tavern brawler. <laughs> it doesn't do a whole lot, but it lets you pick up anything as a weapon and uh -huh. you're proficient with it. And you do at least one D4 damage with it. So you're in the middle of a tavern fight, pick up that mug of mead and hit somebody with it. You do more than just the one damage that everyone else would do. There you go. That's yeah. good to know. That's really true. Tavern brawler. <laughs> I like that. That's cool. I didn't know about depends. that. That's something new. Yeah. For me. <laughs> and it just depends on what you want to do with your character. But. After you pick, if you want to be stronger or more dexterous or your feet, then you'll get to level five. And that's where you get your extra attack. Now you attack twice every turn. Mm -hmm. And the cool part is that at a level, at level 11, you get three. You get three. Okay. And at level 20, you get four. If you ever mm -hmm. make it to level 20. If you make it to level 20. <laughs> if you live that long. But... At level, uh, at level 20, you get four attacks. Then you can action surge and get eight attacks in one turn. So fighters are amazing if you can get past to level five and get to that point where you're doing attack, 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 attack. And 
your action is only supposed to take about six seconds in real life time. How do you do eight attacks in six seconds? You'd have you to must be moving so incredible. fast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know, but that that's the thing. That's another one of those little rules is that everybody, like you roll the dice, you decide who goes first. If six people are playing, it can take <clears throat> half an hour to go through one round of battle. Yeah. But in D&D, that's six seconds. So what we're all picturing, they do this, then I do this. But in reality, as to what D&D is picturing, everybody's doing it all at once. And it would look just amazing. Can't wait for the D&D movie, right? When we get to witness that close. And yeah, yeah. It's, okay. it's coming out right around my birthday. That's my birthday present to me. <laughs> oh, okay. Very good. Well, I know a few things about my character now. I'm I'm a level one fighter. I haven't gotten to level five. That will depend how you level up. There are a couple of different ways. And chat, by the way, is talking about it. I can see that we that that's a discussion too. Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition is basically set up on a point system that you get so many points for every monster you kill and and, and different and when you get certain levels of points you level up. Pixel doesn't do that. I don't know about you. Uh no. Do you do milestone? I do milestone. I've yeah. played in a campaign where we did XP, which is experience points. You kill yeah. a monster, there were so many points. You divide that up amongst all your players and then <laughs> Hi, Tundra. <laughs> Once you get to a certain number, then you level up. That is way too much math for me, and I, yeah. and I cannot handle that. One yeah. moment, buddy. That's okay. What so what Pixel me? does is milestone. We'll get to certain points in the campaign when we've, you know, when we've met the challenge of whatever that, uh, like when we got out of the death house and Curse of Strahd, he let us all level up, and that's where we all got to roll for more hit dice, which means more health, and then we. When we get to certain level, you know, there's different things that different characters and different classes can choose at different levels. So we all got to level up after the death house and we needed it because we were really coming up against uh, really yes. tough things. So I do milestone as well. And um, again, that's when they finished, like uh, if anyone knows anything about TV shows or animes, they finish the arc, mm -hmm. you know, the story arc, then they get to level up. My players at my table right now have just gotten to the uh, capital of the entire kingdom and they have been asked to come to a, uh, a social dinner. Okay. And if they make a good impression, they can get some uh, advantages going forward. And if they succeed, then they'll level up. Then they'll level up. So well, I that just is the incentive. <laughs> yesterday morning, uh, I was in a one shot, a two, the second part of a, a one shot that turned into a two shot with Biorvio. And if we play again, and that's up in the air and will be at least after the first year, he has said we can level up after after those two things, we're ready to level up. So that'll be, that's always a fun, then that's when you go to the book and you start looking for what can I pick? You know, what a, what do I need? And there are some tricks to it. You, it's, it's not for today, but it, that whether you take two points in one thing or one point in two things or a feat, there are some, just like what everything else we're talking about, there are some, uh, there are some tricks to it, but we're not there yet. So we're just going to set that part totally aside and go back. At what point do I get to decide what race I am? Oh, goodness. <laughs> yeah. That's when so, we move into backstory. <laughs> well, no, yes. it affects it. That affects, uh, stats too it sure does and that's going to be something that we'll discuss when uh cat helps you create your character okay <laughs> so we've got one more thing okay. and then we get to pick our subclass uh at level nine you get something called uh indomitable which uh basically 
if you fail a saving throw, and I'll tell you about that in a second. If you fail a saving throw, you get to re-roll it. Simple as that. So a saving throw will come up and your dungeon master will tell you when to roll that. So for example, if you're um, delving through a, a dungeon, the name Dungeons and Dragons, if you're delving through a dungeon and the floor starts to break under your feet, you may have to make a dexterity saving throw to be able to leap to the other side and get to safety. If you are um, about to face a cave-in and uh, the rocks are falling on top of you, you might have to make a strength save to lift up your shield to block uh, the rocks from hitting you. You might have to make a con save if there's poison in the air. You might, and many spells will make you do a wisdom, intelligence, or charisma save, or you might turn against your fellow allies. You might get charmed. Yeah, yeah. These saves uh, will come at certain points. You don't have to worry about when to roll them because your DM will tell you when to. Mm -hmm. Uh, But if you ever, one of my favorites is to charm a player and turn them against their allies. Yeah. Now I have another player on the field and that makes for great role play later on. But if they had failed their wisdom save against the charm spell, they could re-roll it. They could re-roll it. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. But it is useful. (laughs) Um, So you get to re-roll it and then you have to use whatever you roll. If you pass, you fail, but at least you get another try. (laughs) Get another try, which is so crucial on those terrible rolls. Oh my goodness. We all live with a very healthy respect for the dice because sometimes they're with you (laughs) and sometimes they're again. Yeah. And sometimes they're cursed and need to never see the light of day again. <laughs> they need to go in dice jail. We exactly. all have healthy dice jails. <laughs> but with all of that, your extra attack, you get your ability scores, and now all of your uh, important stats are 18s or 20s or whatever. Um, you have to worry about your subclass very okay. early on at level three. Okay. By level three, If you start at level one, some campaigns don't. If you start at level one, by level three, you kind of get a feel of your character, how they're going to act, how they're going to operate. We've decided longsword and shield for you. You're going to be defensive Mm -hmm. and you pick your subclass. How do you want to continue? So like I've said uh, before, D&D comes out with more feats, more spells, more subclasses. I'm going to talk about the ones that are in the player's handbook that... Most beginners will be told to either yes. get a copy of this or find it on D&D Beyond. But, for example, Xanathar's Guide will, not blurry, there we go. <laughs> Xanathar's Guide will also have more. It You just go and look. There's so many online as well mm-hmm. and homebrew ones. There's probably hundreds out there. But let's stick with the main three just okay. to discuss that. Okay, subclass. So there's three main ones. And I'm going to start with Battlemaster. Battlemaster is interesting because they get, got my notes here. There it is. (laughs) They are considered trained experts at at their particular weapon. They are so good at what they do that they can do a little bit extra when they make their attacks. They have a pool of superiority dice which is a whole nother thing to worry about with some dice, but stay with me. (laughs) And the superiority dice can do several things. You can decide to use, 
If you have four available to you or five, you can decide to use one and add extra damage to your attack. Oh, okay. Okay. You can decide to use another one and do a special maneuver. There's a list of maneuvers in this book. I think about 10 of them, but some of the ones that I really like are the distracting attack um, or the distracting maneuver where you try to give advantage uh, to your other allies because you are literally distracting one of the enemies. Goading attack is very good for someone with high AC, such as yourself, because that makes the enemy want to attack you and not anyone else. They have disadvantage if they attack anyone else. I believe I'm doing this right. Oh, let me check that one. Uh, goading is... Where'd it go? <laughs> goading. Um, they have disadvantage on all attack rolls against targets other than you. I was right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Good job. And then disarming, you, literally their weapon goes away. So there's so many things that you can do. Sometimes they have a save against it. So it's not just automatic. Their sword goes flying. Um, so they could roll a save to see if they hold on to their weapon. But using these dice gives you a little bit more versatility in how you attack. And mm-hmm. if you're very creative, you could use these to um, change the field to your advantage. If you want to delve into a little bit of magic with your fighter, then there is the opportunity to do that with the Eldritch Knight subclass. And with the Eldritch Knight, you get a small amount of spells. But if you get a high enough level with Eldritch Knight, then you can attack and cast a spell in the same turn. Oh, wow. So you can cast your spell, attack the enemy, and then go in and slice them and finish them off with your longsword. So. And see, these are those multiple attacks that we're talking about. You roll the dice mm-hmm. to see if you succeed that many times. That's awesome. So that I one like is that. very yeah. popular as well. Uh, oddly enough, and I don't know why, but um, it seems very popular with the crowd that also likes to watch anime. I don't know. Maybe it reminds them of a certain character that they like. Uh, I can't think of any off the top of my head. But um, the most common one, mm-hmm. and if you are going to play a fighter, this is probably the one that most people know that is the champion. That's what Bethelinda chose. Mm-hmm. My first character chose champion. That's the one Rain chose too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. So champion just makes your fighter better at fighting. And hey, if we can only do one thing in the entire campaign, let's be the best at it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So I went with, it. definitely went with champion. So champion, let's see. Champion is uh, amazing because right away at third level, if you choose champion, you get uh, improved critical. Now, a critical hit is when you roll a 20 on the 20-sided dice. A real 20. You roll it. It's a 20. Sometimes you can roll something less and you add your mods to it and it adds up to 20. But a critical 20, a critical roll is a 20. A nat 20. The dice say 20. We call those critical hits because Mm -hmm. a 20 automatically hits and it does double damage. Mm -hmm. And there's many different rules on how we can roll that damage. Uh, Some people say you just roll the dice and you double what you get. Um, I know uh, other players will do 
um, you roll and then you add whatever the max damage is on that dice mm-hmm. too, which is also nice. Um, so it depends on the dungeon master, but in essence, you're going to do a lot more damage than you would if you just rolled a 19 plus your modifier. Mm-hmm. But with improved critical, you get to roll a crit on 19 or 20. 20, yeah. Bethelinda had that. That was one of the, that was really, really nice. That helps. Yeah. That's if you roll the 19, not if it all adds up to 19. But if the dice say 19. You got to land on that 19 or 20, but then you get the critical hit, which, again, if you're rolling four times in turn <laughs> because you uh, are level five and you got two attacks and you action surge four t- well, that's like a one-fifth chance to get a 19 or a 20 so yeah, yeah. you're probably yeah. going to get <laughs> you're doubling your chances of getting maximum damage right there basically exactly then at level seven you become a remarkable athlete and that just means you get a few extra points to any check that you have to do get into there in a second that is based on strength dexterity or constitution now checks are a whole nother yeah they are we need to go through gotta um, do a whole segment on this i can just tell but if you're for example trying to sneak through something you're going to roll a stealth check and that one's based on dexterity so if that's not your best well at champion level seven you get to add half of your proficiency bonus Let's just say the number's two for now. So you get to add two to whatever you roll. And that is mm-hmm. so helpful. Convenient if you are trying to roll athletics, then you get to add that two to it as well. Uh, acrobatics, if you're trying to sneak something away from somebody, that's a sleight of hand. There's so many things that you can use that for. It's just a few extra points to make sure that you succeed. Mm-hmm. But then we get to level 10. And do you remember uh, when we started at level one, we chose our fighting style? Mm-hmm. Well, at level 10 champion, you get a second one. Oh, wow. You can go back and pick again. So you can go back and pick again. So this is great if you have decided like halfway through the campaign, you're like, mm, I just, I found this bow and it's amazing, mm-hmm. but I'm not the best at it. So you could pick up the archery fighting mm-hmm. style, or we could go back and get that duelist where we get plus two to our damage now if we only have one weapon. So it is, uh, I just got a, sorry, oh, my computer is dying, even though it's supposed to be plugged in. Uh-oh. My dog unplugged it, that's why. Okay, plug it in. <laughs> we don't want to lose you. This is too important. <laughs> but uh, you get to pick a second one. So either you get to pick a better one than you had before, or you get to add another one that is more beneficial to you. Uh, that helps the, what you already have. So there we go. Plugged in. And okay. We're yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. All right. Um, so that is extremely useful to make you strong again. at something that you're already good at. <laughs> so definitely all of this, you can see that whatever you start out with, if you keep going and you're only going to get better. And you're exactly. only going to get more opportunities and more special things. And and that's why sometimes if you listen, like we're um, when you're listening to some of the upper the higher level players, you know, when you'll hear they take like four different actions and a reaction and they this and they that. And it goes on for like what seems like minute after minute after minute. <laughs> it's because of these extra kind of things they've been able to add. 
And then sometimes we haven't talked about this. Sometimes you can just, you find things and you buy things and you save somebody and they give you something, you know, and you can get weapons that are like plus one, plus two, and they do even more damage or so they're just, as you go through and play, it's exciting that you just, you just find things and get to do things and you just get better and better at what you do. Yes. And then at level 15, you get the coveted superior critical where now you're going to get that crit, Mm -hmm. that critical hit on 18, 19 and 20. Oh my word. Oh, that's just like three out of two. Yeah. That's incredible. Then the chances on that are, Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's, Oh, I'm sorry. I think I did something. No. Did we? Everything looks fine on my screen. Okay. We're good. I'm just looking. Pixel, I'm, st- I'm, are people seeing us on there or are they still seeing our artwork? That just makes me wonder this whole time. Cause now when I look at my phone, which I can hold up here, I'm seeing the artwork instead of us. And I'm not sure if I've frozen or I'm doing the right thing or what. They're seeing us, but we dropped some frame. Oh, okay. That explains it. No problem then. And my computer just did something. So sorry about that. Keep going. Forgive me. It's not a stream unless we have technical difficulties. (laughs) We're going to do the best. And we have struggled with technical difficulties since day one. So that's okay. Exactly. And it's fine. So level 15, 18, 19, or 20 is a critical hit where you do more damage. And it's a guaranteed hit. If that creature has a 30 AC, which would be unheard of, you'd still hit. You'd, you'd still, still hit. be able to damage it. And then at level 18, the last thing that we get is Survivor. And Survivor, okay. if you are below half of your pool of hit points, you've been hurt a lot. Well, at the start of your turn, you regain a few hit points, five plus whatever modifier you have with your constitution. And that's crucial. That might be just enough to survive that one hit that was going to put you down. One thing about Dungeons and Dragons that's worth saying, and this is an odd thing, and there are some versions of Dungeons and Dragons that have changed this a little bit. Mm -hmm. We said you get these hit points. So say you're a brand new player and you got 10 hit points. Well, the game assumes even down to one hit point when you're so bloodied, you ought to be, you know, like Rocky in the the bad part of the movie um you can still do everything you can do so as long as you have one hit point you are still go 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 all the way and so even if you get down to two or three or four hit points even if you're higher level and normally you'd have a hundred hit points or something so anything that keeps you on your feet because the minute you go to zero you are down and then you have to start doing death saves to see are you unconscious or did you die and there's no coming back from death you can be well i mean there is if magically but not <laughs> they can't just give you a health point uh, or whatever anyway i'm not sure about that take that back i don't think i wanted to say that but anyway you're fine no they can't dead is dead uh when you're unconscious you have you have a little bit of chance to get brought back. So anyway, even down to one hit point fight for every hit point you can get. That's the point I was trying to make. Yep. If you die in combat, it's very hard to bring you back. Not impossible, but very expensive. Yeah. <laughs> um, it costs a lot of gold. And points you got to find the right priest that right can do then. it and all of this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So you have to be lucky enough that your fellow players can do that. Cause if you don't have a cleric or a druid, And I think there's one, maybe a a certain type of sorcerer, but if none of your other allies know Revivify, you're done. You're done. (laughs) 
You get to roll a new character. (laughs) But uh, that, that's the basic rundown of a fighter. And again, just the basics. There are so many other subclasses out there that you could choose from. There's, uh, for example, there's the, um, the Matthew Mercer subclass that he wrote for gunslinger. If you want Mm -hmm. to Mm -hmm. invent, create and shoot guns in D and D that's always been a popular one. There's um, a samurai one. If you want to go more uh, of an Asian twist on it, there's just so many things that are out there to uh, make the character your own. And that's, that's the whole thing is when you're designing this character, it's yours, make it what you want. (laughs) Somebody today, when I was doing my TikTok earlier talking about this, said they should make a class for like crochet or, you know, where you can do all kinds of magic of magic things with your crochet hooks and your yarn. And it could go into weaponry and it could go into like mending and creating and whatever. And I thought, oh, yeah, that would be totally cool. Craft their, woman their arcane cool. focus is their crochet needles. And they they just create something real quick to uh, that you want to cast um uh, sticky web or spider web or whatever the spell is. I can't remember off the top of my head. Crochet it, throw it at the enemy. <laughs> there it is. Yep. Yep. And they don't, they'd be looking for spiders all day long to get the web or silk worms or whatever. It could be fun. Yes. Oh that's, yeah. Very interesting. Now, and now I want to write that. <laughs> there you go. And if you I have a creative DM, you're on your way. You don't have to necessarily know how to do it. A lot of times your DM can help you. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, I'm real satisfied with the fighter that I've chosen so far. I think this is somebody who has a lot of potential and, and is pretty solid, particularly okay. for a beginner, you know, somebody who's just not ready to tackle magic, because you can see how complicated this conversation is. I'm sure you're not all going to remember this, and isn't it a darn good thing it's in a book and we don't have to memorize it, or it's on <laughs> D&D Beyond, and much of what's available on D&D Beyond is free. I think Pixel has subscribed to like all the books and all the stuff and kind of whatever on there. And we get to use his, that a lot to, you know, find out extra things. Because these little darling books you're holding up are like 40 or $50 a pop. But when you consider the amount of work that goes into writing it all and figuring it all out and adding new things, it, it takes years to write one. So I guess it it makes it worth it. Okay. The last thing I want to say before we give it up to you to figure out this lovely character is if any of this confused you, your dungeon master is there for a reason. Yes. If you are brand new, brand spanking new, your your dungeon master normally will be and should be more than willing to sit down with you, help you create this character or bring you to the table, sit you down and just say, we're doing it. You're going to learn as we go. And you don't have to know everything. I don't know all the rules. And I've been playing for six years now. (laughs) I don't know all the rules. And I have to look things up now and then. So you don't have to know everything. Just know enough to get started and then go from there. (laughs) Well, and one of the reasons why a nerdy teacher wanted to share with you the different things you can get at different levels is to let you know that Whatever you choose in the beginning, there are many more things available. And as you get more experienced, your character gets more experienced and you'll get more fun stuff and more abilities and you'll improve. Uh, and starting simple is is good because as, as we're touching on all these other things about combat and role playing and story arcs and <laughs> Getting along with your other players and interactions, there's so much going on that you kind of do yourself a favor if you start simple. However, 
when it gets time to now I know that I got a fighter here who carries a long sword around. Are we ready to talk about who I am and why I'm doing that? Absolutely. And one of the things that we can start with, or there's there's two ways to approach this. Mm-hmm. I think you and I are similar in that we start to think about who this character is. We start to think about where they come from, why they're a fighter, uh, why they chose the long sword. We can definitely start there. Or we can look through all of the backgrounds that are available and choose one of those as well. I tend to pick what my character is like, uh, what their story is, and then I choose a background that fits best from the book. How do you handle that? Okay. Well, I usually handle it by something occurs to me. Okay. Along in the discussion, something occurs to me. And gets my mind thinking in a certain direction. And then I'll, because he's my DM and my son and currently at the moment lives in my house, I'll bounce it off pixel. And then he will start to think too. So a lot of what I do in backstory, I actually have somebody out there that I bounce things off of. Well, I'm going to use you in the chat for that today. Um, Now, when you're talking backstory, having chosen my um, class, When I roll my dice, I'm going to get some benefits. I'm going to get to add a little bit of stuff and some proficiencies and things. And looking at the time we're going on, I honestly don't think we're going to get there tonight. I'm going to be honest. I don't think we can make it clear through rolling that character and going, but we'll see. Um, But something will occur to me along in there. I I get a germ of an idea. A lot of times what happens to me and I start bouncing things around. And that's what I'd like to use you all for. And that can happen even before I roll the dice to find out what my stats are. I kind of decide who I am and what I'm like and what race I am. And then I start deciding how strong I am, how much constitution, all those. That almost is, you know, I get into a little bit of the, of the back, the backstory and the background first, that can change my proficiencies in there. It's kind of, it's one of those things like Pixel says too, and has talked to me about whether or not you start out with one or the other race class. There are these proficiencies that feed in there and bonuses. You get to the numbers that it can get dizzying, right? Because you pick so many proficiencies and then you pick a certain background. It turns out, oh, that background already gives me a proficiency plus in this one. So now I've got to go back and kind of change and maneuver around. It gets complicated. Yeah, first so time maybe you don't do worry it, about that today. Yeah, first time you do race, it, get your DM to help you. Race is definitely important because that affects a lot with your, your story. Yeah, so, so that's the next thing I need to know. And that's what I'm throwing open to chat right now is what race am I? What do you all want to see? This long sword fighting. Let's see. Mysterious so, bonus mom fighter. What as race am chat I? is throwing in their options. Let's see. The most common one is human fighter. Yeah. <laughs> I think uh, D&D Beyond did a poll on what characters are the most common. Human fighter was right up there. Uh, well, and and when you was start a out- halfling. Yeah, the first time I picked a halfling, I picked a halfling because, of course, I love hobbits and because Mm -hmm. I'm short. I picked halfling (laughs) and I went with uh, acrobat because, like I said, when I was younger and thinner and more agile before I arthritis it. And I actually used to do a lot of tumbling and stuff like in high school. So I thought that would be fun. I thought people look at the little old lady and think she was a tumbler, you know, (laughs) and I liked that. 
Okay, I'm getting a vote for Tiefling. Black Moon says Tiefling. And you know what? I have never played a Tiefling. Really? I have never played a Tiefling. So there's a lot that I can learn. So, okay. Oh, Pixel is correcting me where you all can't hear me online. He is reminding me of a one shot I did where I played a Tiefling. But that was a one shot. I'm not counting that. Yeah. Uh, if you watch Critical Role, that's what Jester was, was a Tiefling. Yes. Tieflings so. are uh, known to be, well, let's see. Uh, tieflings are derived from human bloodlines, are in the broadest possible sense, still look human, but they tend to have some sort of uh, demon or devilish ways of uh, appearance. Their skin can be a different color, typically anything from natural human color to red if you go by what's in the book, no one listens to that. They do purple, they do blue, they do whatever they want. Uh, they can they can have horns, they can have tails, and they could have cloven hooves. So, and how did a tiefling get to be a tiefling? What did a human mate with to give us a tiefling? Let's see. I was double checking because it's either devils or demon, and I'm not quite sure which one off the top of my head. Which is it, Pixel, devil or demon? Black Moon likes the aesthetic of a tiefling. Okay. Ah. And Oh, okay. Are you saying this where chat can hear it pixel? Otherwise, let me see. No. The so, original. Uh, in, okay. In 5e, okay. it's just anything infernal. So uh, devil yeah. or demon is somewhere within your um, bloodline. Uh, yeah. But uh, bonus mom, you were saying in the older edition, in editions. Uh, I think that's what I think he was. Me? I don't know what I was saying. You were saying it, but uh, in older editions, it could be just anyone from a different plane, basically. Yeah, um, and it could be Genasi, for instance. Yes. So, you know, anything that's really out there could make a tiefling, or maybe we don't know. Yeah. Maybe we really don't. That could and, be a part of who that tiefling is, is trying to discover that. Okay, I'm going with tiefling. I'm, I'm a tiefling fighter with a long sword. Everyone's okay. going to want to know, what color are you? <laughs> well... I'm going to be pink, but my horns are going to be purple. I'm Ooh. going to be female. And yeah, I think I got a little bit of a tail. It doesn't really go clear out the ground behind me and people trip over it when I walk. But you know what? It's there and you notice it at certain times. And actually, when I get really excited and I'm really, really happy, there have been those who say that I even shake it. And as a, as a result of that, I even wag it. As a result of that, there are people and. I don't really appreciate it, but they call me puppy. Yes. So I think that we know that about me. Now I'm pulling that out of my head. Okay. That's, that's what I love to do. I love to think of something. So now I've got this pink tiefling with purple horns and a little bit of a tail that sticks down beyond their coat. And yeah, when they get really excited and really happy, it almost looks like it's wagging. So that's where I am right now, which doesn't sound very demonic, does it? But it could be because I might be I might be winding that waggy tail up to do something with it. I'm not sure. So <laughs> that's what I've like got. A cat's tail. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So that's what I've got so far. Okay. So, so we've got our race, we've got our class, and we've got an idea of what subclass maybe down the road you want to be. But where does this tiefling come from? Does she know her history? Does she not? What What is her background? 
Okay. Now this ties into the way that after I kind of have an idea and you all have definitely given it to me. And if you want to, we're going to talk about that in a minute, because I think that uh, Nerdy Teacher has a great idea of how to get me thinking about how answering those questions is going to go. And that's the random word generator. Um, But there are some things that I ask myself about this now that I'm ready to do the backstory. And understanding that I haven't rolled the dice and I haven't built the mechanics yet, we still just have the general idea. Then I start to ask myself who this character is, why they're wherever they are in this adventure, because an adventure always begins in a place. <laughs> why is that? Why is that tiefling going to be there? Sometimes it can be in Regent of Vedagar, uh, my character. Perdita is a tabaxi, a cat person, and she's in an almost totally human world. So why is she there? Um, So who I am, why am I where I am, and what's going to make me go on an adventure? Because the thing about an adventure is you're going to go somewhere and do something. You're going to help somebody look for something, find somebody, uh, find something, hire yourself out. Why would this tiefling want to do that? I mean, you know, you all go to like Starbucks for coffee in the morning. Does somebody walk up to your table and say, I want you to go find my daughter. I'm a blacksmith and she's missing. Why would you do that? The majority of you going to say, oh, no, I'm going to work. You're out of luck, you know, but this tiefling, because it's the adventure and we know that's the game is going to have to decide to go on the, I mean, if they stay in the tavern, they're going to, at Starbucks, they're going to be left behind. (laughs) So why are they going to engage on the adventure? and? What are they looking for? What's their ultimate goal? Why, you know, they we all have goals, we all have dreams, we all, you know, whatever, even if it is just to get through the day and earn another dollar, that's a goal. <laughs> and that explains why you go on the adventure. So, who am I? Why am I here? Why am I going to go in the adventure? And what do I hope to accomplish? So, I want to answer all those questions in my backstory. So that as I role play with everybody else, I have those things in my brain. And whatever somebody says to me, I'm not going to be going, uh, you know, because if I'm like that, then I wouldn't be on the adventure in the first place. The next thing, and Pixel has taught me this, three premises of a strong backstory that will carry you through an adventure and give you your own agenda. You're a character at the table and the DM sits down at the table. The dungeon master arrives when Tiffany sits down, uh, when nerdy teacher sits down at her table or Pixel or Redbeard or Fiorvio, they have an agenda. They have a plan. They have a story they're hoping to tell. Well, what story are you hoping to tell as you interact? And whatever it is that is your ultimate goal known only to you, Unless and and hopefully you have shared it with your DM. It's your promise. It's your promise. Now I'm gonna tell you what Bethelinda's promise was. There was a TikTok about it. Bethelinda had been in an acrobat team and in a carnival, and there had been a fire and the whole tent had burned down and the entire group but her perished. But this tall, dark-headed, thin male um, elf had rescued her. And then disappeared. And and she knew he pulled him out of the fire. She remembered seeing his face. And then, you know, she had to heal him, whatever. And um, she never saw him again. So she wanted to find him. And she went on this adventure in order. She she was crossing the world and looking 
uh, first and most because she had nothing else to do. Her entire carnival, you know, her acrobatic team had been destroyed. She was looking for him. That was what she would interact with people in the adventure when we're asking questions, when we're in new places. And my DM knew that. I shared that with my DM before it ever started in my backstory. I, I told him that and I said, so she's going to be looking for this elf everywhere we go. Another player in my original tale played a dwarf who made beer of all things out of dirt. And every way through the whole adventure, she was always looking for different kinds of dirt. And that was just little things that added into the table play. But it got to where the rest of us were looking for dirt, too. It got to where the rest of the group was interested in me and my uh, and looking for this elf. And everybody knew I had a hot case for him. And so at one point, I started to like somebody else. And the people at the table started giving me a little, started giving Bethelinda a little grief. You know, what about the elf? Because now you're hanging out with, I think maybe it was a tiefling. It was something like that. And Bethelinda's got to be like, oh, I got to, you know. Mm. So it gives you things to play. And then I might get a sniff about this elf. Somebody saw something. Somebody heard something. That's your progress as you go through the adventure. In addition to what the DM is presenting as a story. And it just helps you have things to interact, keeps you focused. Okay, then the payoff can be if she ever finds him. And in our TikTok, we got a big clue as to that he was the son of a royal elf somewhere, you know. Oof. We don't always get to the payoff. Sometimes in one shots, we don't even get to the progress. But I tell you what, if you'll put all that into your backstory and your character, then and Rain has it. Rain has long term goals, right? You're 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 fighter. There are things that Rain, even though she has played at table a few times, Rain hasn't solved her issues, right? Everything's not resolved for Rain, is it? No, uh, because actually Rain's issues are internal because what happened to her was as a noble daughter, she uh, had been kidnapped. And during a scuffle with one of the kidnappers, she ended up with a hideous scar on her face. And her father basically told her to her face that she was worthless now because she could not be married off. So mm -hmm. she decided to just leave, pick up the sword and start fighting. And she wants to prove her own worthiness. And when she discusses it, she wants to prove her worth through combat and it's to prove her father wrong. But honestly, it's it's to prove to herself that she still has some worth. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's something that she may never accomplish. But but, but she, you haven't been able see, to lay her down, have you? She's still a part of you and still lives with you in there. Yes, and you brought her to my her. Yeah, you brought her to my table September 23rd when we were doing a one shot. So she came to my table from another adventure, but she's she lives, you know, she lives with nerdy teacher now. And sometimes it's those characters, the ones that you build a strong backstory for that you'll hold on to them. And, and if you're getting ready to play a one shot, it's fun to pull them out and give them another try. They might be yes. a different level this time and a different location, whatever, but. But if you hold on to those, sometimes the, the payoff might come in a totally different adventure than the one in which you started. But that's what that's what makes it rich. And that is what excites me. So I'm looking at what we're doing, how we are doing for time here. I'm going to check this out. Well, we've OK, uh, we're almost to six o'clock. We've been doing an hour and a half. That's not too bad. How much further do folks want me to go? Do we want to start to build? Because if we're going to build. 
who this uh, tiefling is, and we're going to start to create this backstory, I need some help from people. Uh, nerdy teacher has an idea about that. She has a random word generator, some words you already, if I roll up, if I roll a D100, she is going to give me a word and I'm going to have to incorporate that into my player's backstory. You and I am willing to D100 or if you want, have chat just give you a bunch of random numbers and you pick the one that speaks to you. Okay. One through I'll go for it. Either one. How many of these are we gonna we're gonna do? We're gonna we'll see. We'll just see oh, what it takes. How about we start with one and then if you uh feel adventurous, we'll add another. Okay, I'm gonna roll the first time. Okay. Okay, Absolutely. I'm gonna roll a dice. That's the first thing I'm gonna roll. Well, it's if I'm gonna do a D one hundred, it's two dice, right? Yes. If so you're uh, in you're like roll twenty. Two D ten basically. Yeah, they're uh a, a D10, there are two of them. Usually if you go out and buy yourself a set of dice, there's seven dice in there and there's two D10s. And the reason why is because one D10, and they look kind of, can I get this up where we can see? I think if I hold my hand, hand behind it, she'll be able to see it. Nope. No, nope, that's do unfortunate. It. There it oh, is, there it a little bit. Looks a little bit like that. And then uh, this is a little bit darker one, probably won't show up at all. Okay, one of them has just the numbers one through 10 and the other has, uh, zero up through 90, like zero, zero, and then 10, 20, all the way up to 90. Exactly. So I'm going to roll two of them. Okay. And that's going to give us our first number between one and 100. 88. I rolled an 88. Okay. Ooh, your word is hand. Hand. Okay. You know, I would think with tieflings, if they have a tail and if they have horns, you would automatically assume that they have like claws, maybe a little bit, or they have, you know, really well developed, uh, sharply pointed fingers and fingernails. And so I'm going to say that that tiefling has that, has sort of uh, extended her, the fingernails, her fingernails are very, long and very hard and very pointed but oddly enough even though she is pink with purple horns those nails well they're not black you might think black maybe your hooves are black but no they're not black they're a totally different color so tell me chat what color are her claws they're not pink they're not purple and they're not black. I'm looking. Yes, pointy babies. They are pearl color. They're pearl color. They shimmer and they're actually quite pretty. Did she put nail polish on there? No. No, those are the colors of her nails. And as a result of that, they shimmer and they shine. And people are attracted to her hands when they see them. I can just see her kind of doing the, the impatient, like tapping on the counter when she's waiting for someone to uh, pay attention to her side of the story or whatever. And is she going to chew on them or? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So okay. pearl colored nails that are quite unusual because the hooves on her feet or whatever are black. Okay. Now we need a word from chat. Any word. Sure. Oh, here's somebody says pearl with red tips. 
We'll find Ooh. out about that. They're not red all the time. <laughs> Peorvia went for periwinkle. Oh, I love that. So then we had blood red, periwinkle, pearl with shimmer was the first thing I saw. So I went with that. All right. So, what? oh, it's numbers. Now I need a number. That's what it is. I need chat. Somebody in chat, give me your favorite number and we'll toss that in and see what else we get. Oh, I like that. Yeah. 24. Tenacious 24. C said 24. Okay. 24. Ooh. Okay. Offend. Offend. O-F-F-E-N-D. Mm-hmm. Someone was offended. Well. And this might help me pick my numbers later, okay, where I put my numbers. Okay. Because do I offend people? That would mean <laughs> I would have a very low charisma. Am yes. I easily offended? Did you offend someone in your backstory and now that's yeah. why you're on the run? And that's why I'm on the run. That's really good. To me, that almost seems like kind of the you know that that character on the run that leads into a lot of things i'm on this adventure because i'm on the run away from something else but what if i'm just downright ornery that would be a switch for bonus mom wouldn't it what if i just like here i am i'm pink and i got uh purple horns and white nails that maybe be like a mood ring that's what tenacious c said Ooh. but I'm, I'm i have absolutely no charm i tell people like like it is to their face and i and i'm just i'm downright rude and i sort of assume that if you're not a tiefling you're not anybody gosh that would be interesting for me to play because i don't usually play rude people and how am i going to get through this adventure if i'm off-putting to people with a very low charisma I can see a, a situation comes up where the party needs to speak to somebody important and your character just goes right up and starts talking and the whole party's going, no, 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 get back here, get back here. Nope. <laughs> okay. Someone's saying maybe your nails offended someone for being too unique. You're bitter that your beauty was stolen. Yeah, what if I have like beautiful siblings who are just like, maybe it is Genasi or they, you know, some kind of neat thing and they're ethereal and beautiful and there I am, chunky with weird nails. I want vengeance. People are offended by her beauty. Oh, I get to be beautiful and people are offended by me. And Biorbio says beauty is on the outside only, dang it. I think I would have really a lot of fun playing somebody who is actually unintentionally rude. You yeah. know, just defends people life left and right, and I'm a completely oblivious to it. I really think I kind of like that. That sort that of appeals to me. And that, yeah. So I, I offend other people and very easily. And yeah, I get right in the middle of it. I don't, I just, I charge right in. That would be really fun if this adventure were going to be in a particular setting, like that's all human or all gnome or all giant or whatever. And here is this aggressive, offensive tiefling, pink and purple tiefling in the middle of it. That could be a lot of fun. Okay. How are we doing? Do we need another number? Do we need to figure out something else? Let's let's make this number tie into um, like the offensive is not really why I'm not where I started out. That's just a that's a personality thing that that ties into my personality and my charisma score. Now let's look for one that has to do with um, why am I out in the world ready to take on a quest? So I need a number and not from Tenacious C or anybody who Blackman's already given me something, a number from somebody else. I need a different number. 
Okay, Biorbio said, oh, wait a minute. No, we haven't heard anything from Nellie Jelly. And Nellie Jelly is brand new in my community. So excuse me, Biorbio. We'll use your number for the next one. Two. Two. I want to go on an adventure because of the second word. Okay. Well, two is money. Okay. (laughs) I want some money. I, I since we first mentioned it, I've kind of been enchanted with the idea of not knowing why exactly I'm a tiefling. The rest of my family, there are no tieflings in there. Uh, I'm going to let my mom be human, okay? And now I'm tiefling. I'm going to be like a jester in critical role. So I, except I don't really know what uh, brand my father is. So I am looking for my father, and I my mother would not answer my questions and did not want me to know. And my brothers and sisters laughed at me because I was so different. And I come from a large family. And my mother just would not tell anything. And the people in town never told anything. Apparently, my mom disappeared for a while, showed back up with me. And nobody knows what the story was. And mom won't tell it. So I'm on the hunt. And I need money (laughs) for all the, you know, like paying, trying to find out or whatever. But I have a sniff of who my father might be or what might be connected to my father. This is like I saw the the elf and I knew he was an elf. Bethelinda didn't know what, you know, because he disappeared. So number, what was Biorio's number? 39 is going to be the connection I have to who my father actually is, knowing that he is infernal in some way. Oh, that is interesting because that I could see how that fitting. 39 is the moon. <laughs> okay if you see it fitting i want you to tell me how well and i'll let's see yeah i i your your fingernails just stand out from everything else about you they're they're hard to the touch they could almost be a weapon on their own probably mm-hmm. are and they're pearlescent and gorgeous and if you don't know who your father is and you're hunting for your father, what if your father has something to do with the moon itself, such as the deity of the moon or okay. a follower of the deity Ooh, of the moon? Yeah. Uh, what if they come from a plane where the the sun and the moon are major characters within the plane itself? and there's some this is going into world building here and i'm loving it no i'm loving it but what if you find out that you're not just a pretty pink tiefling who maybe has a devil for a father but what if you're a pretty pink tiefling who has a god for a father yeah and there was the suggestion of the fingernails being a mood ring and then the other colors of periwinkle and blood red. What if the what if there's more to that? You know, what if there's like the there's actually a connection and a communication, which would be really odd between my fingernails and my connection to the father figure in that other plane, the god or whatever. Like things could happen to my fingernails. They could grow, they could change. Ooh. They could change, you know, yeah. What if what if it starts to bleed into your fingers? yeah like as you level up it just keeps going up and up your hand and it almost looks like you're wearing gloves Mm -hmm. but you're turning 
pearlescent. Mm-hmm. What does that do for your character? That could really be fun. And the, the people that I'm at table with would notice those changes. Every time I changed a level, something about my coloring would change. Yeah. You know, it could be totally weird, but could not, could symbols appear on my fingers? At certain mm-hmm. times when the moon is at a certain stage, something different could happen to my to my fingers and my hands that I'd be trying to figure out what that was. But I would know that the that the fingers are a clue and I would know there is something about the moon mm-hmm. and another plane because probably of one of the first symbols you saw was maybe the symbol of the deity of the moon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe. I like it. And how am I going to find out about the moon? How am I going to travel from plane to plane? So you're going to need to team up with somebody who's not just a fighter. So there you go. You got to go find that team. Make sure they get strong enough to help you achieve your dreams. I could be looking for a druid. Yeah, I could be looking. Yeah. Oh, this is just fascinating. I love this. We're getting complicated. (laughs) <laughs> okay, Biormio is loving it. Black Moon says runes on my fingers. And we could come across runes that actually match some that appear on my fingers at certain times. Oh, okay, yeah. how are we doing? Ooh, somebody's come up with the idea the moon is haunted. <laughs> oh no. Nails <laughs> change with the moon, um, with the moon phases. Constellations could appear on my skin. That's when you get into like that circle of stars druid by yeah. Okay. The only relic you possess, oh, I like this, from your father is a moonstone amulet. Ooh. No, my mother gave me that. Yeah. Or even a crown. McGree says this is fun. Aren't backstories fun? And just think, the thing about it is I'm going to show up at the table with these players and they're going to see the pink tiefling with the purple horn, the wiggy waggy tail. And the weird fingers that she just looks at a lot, like she's, it's almost like she consults her fingers. And I'm thinking about, there's a thing about fingers. This is an interesting thing, which is that women turn to, tend to look at their hands like this and men look at them like this. And that's an interesting thing. I never knew that, but that's one of those statistical things. But anyway, okay, how are we doing? So why am I going on the adventure? Money. I've got the stone ambulance, but I'm also searching for anyone who can who can for planar travel right that can get me from one place to the other or tell me then my mother disappeared for a while and the only clue that i have about where she was and what she was doing is one more number has anybody i need one more number folks i need another number or the only thing my mother said about this time she disappeared and came back with me I'm looking, I'm not, it's not moving. I need another number. Do we have anybody in here? Well, yes, we, 30, oh, seven, and then 33, okay? I got two more numbers, seven. The only thing my mother told me about this is, has to do with number seven. Seven, okay. Seven has to do, or seven says direction, such as, well, north, south, east, or west, or all right. Given like an order or a direction. You take okay, this will. really works because the direction was the only thing that my mother ever revealed was when I was in that other place. It was so different from here. It was almost like another world or a different plane. 
that would absolutely tie me into I'm looking for an interplanar and for, you know, whatever that gets me there. So I'm going with that. Okay. Uh, what am I doing there? Why am I going? What was the other thing? Yeah. What do I actually want? Like when, if I find my father, what is it I want from this, whoever and whatever it is. Ooh, and that okay. is number 33. 33 is loyalty. <laughs> In spite of everything that I'm so different from all my brothers and sisters and, and my mother, my human mother, I love that I'm different. I'm very satisfied with that, which is kind of fun. Instead of playing the tormented person, I only want to fit in. I love being different. <laughs> and I love that people see me when I walk into the room. I love surprising people. I love the shock. And because of that, I love who it is that made me like I am. And if I ever find him, I am going to swear my loyalty to him and choose him over my human family because my mother wouldn't tell me who my father was. And my siblings made fun of me where I am an incredibly amazing tiefling. They didn't give me all the credit that I deserved. So what do I want? I want to go live with daddy. <laughs> I want to spend Christmas at dad's house. <laughs> That's right. He'll get me the bike you won't get me. I want roller skates and he'll give me the ones that are the shoes, not just that you have to have the key and put it on your saddle Oxfords. And the rest of you will have to Google saddle Oxfords to know what I'm even talking about. Oh, goodness. Okay, wow, how that's done? a heck of a backstory. <laughs> Boy, it sure is. And I absolutely love, love doing that. Now, I never, Pixel doesn't roll numbers for me, you know, or pick words, but oh my gosh, isn't that fun? Have you all enjoyed that? Would you like to do it again? Mother sends you there so father can train you in the ways of the moon. Yeah, dream realm <laughs> sending you to the moon. Yeah, I could be dreaming about him, huh? Ooh, Sounds yeah. like a Feywild adventure waiting to happen to me. Yeah. There's so okay. much that could happen with that. And sometimes you start creating these characters and maybe you start to think, well, with all these runes on them, maybe they're, they get like special abilities as a fighter, or maybe this character fits something else better. You know, maybe they're a magic user or they start as a fighter and then they become a magic user later, or they dip into Eldritch Knight as their subclass so they get that yeah. magic. But and that's where the thing with leveling up, something we have not even mentioned and, and is another whole episode in itself, is multiclassing, uh, where you start out as a fighter. But that happened to Bethelinda. Bethelinda had a life-changing event it, hunting through a dragon's uh, horde. And as a result of that, became a paladin. So became a fighter paladin. And paladins have a little bit of access to uh, magic also. Well, if you claim loyalty to your father, maybe you're a paladin for your father after that. Yeah. Oh, that's there's so much that could happen with this. And I can only imagine that this character would have the best armor, just like the shiniest. Maybe. I don't know. Can you make armor pink? I'm sure you could if you tried. I'm sure you could. Or it could be the pearlescent or whatever. You know, you Ooh, now yeah. just the final thing on all of this as we're I hope we're kind of do you think we're getting ready <laughs> to kind of. I think we need one more thing and that's it besides rolling up the dice. Okay. Maybe okay. Well, wait a minute. Let me... What's this character's name? 
Yeah, we got to get there. I know. One thing I want to say before that, though, is I'm talking to all these things about nerdy teacher and chat and pixel is here, but silent. And so we are talking it over with somebody as you are working on your first character and you're getting your ideas and there are no good ones and no bad ones. And and you get to pick that. Always talk to your DM about it and share it with your DM. Because as you're as you're developing these agendas and things, even if the DM is taking you through a module that it's a written published module like Curse of Strahd, where everything in there basically is given to Pixel to run that adventure. But because we all have these different things about us, we're different characters and things, he has been able to add little personal touches in there that make the adventure engage us more closely. And your DM can't do that for you if you don't let them know what you're thinking. Plus, I have been in one campaign where somebody kept something away from the DM basically because they didn't even know that they didn't even know they should tell that DM. And it completely derailed. I mean, it was to the point we had to stop and just all sit there flabbergasted and look at each other and decide how to pick up the pieces. Don't do that to your DM if you can possibly help it. Uh, respect them with a healthy amount of respect and understand that they do all of this dreaming we're doing for an hour and a half. They can put hours into to make an adventure that you will enjoy. So share with them. They won't. You're going to find very few DMs ever who would use that against you. And if you ever find such a DM, get up from the table and walk away because their ultimate job is for you to have fun and for them to enjoy it, too. So get them in on the secret and then you can surprise everybody else and they may in turn surprise you. So having said that, we got to have a name and we need to think about rolling out rolling stats. Yes. So chat, I think, might be the best to help you come up with a name for this. First and last, if they can think of it. Yeah. Now, if you look in the player's handbook and you look for different uh, classes and they're going to give you a lot of suggestions of names and I never use them. I'm just going to be honest with you. I never, ever use them. I use the name that fits for me. That, that comes into my brain and I totally like. And that's what it was with Bethelinda. Bethelinda's, that name's not going to appear anywhere, but it's the one that I liked. Was Rain given to you or that was one you picked out too? Rain, I, I don't, I think Rain just came to me uh, in a fever dream one day. I don't know. I don't know why. I think I, I liked the play on the words with um, if she was a noble, she would reign over a certain area for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she chose to instead reign on the battlefield. Okay, there you go. Okay, I've had one suggestion. No, I've had more than one. Oh, no. <laughs> Biorvio has come up with Blisty Powdercam. <laughs> I'm nixing that one. I'm not even going to. I don't even think I can pronounce it. Black Moon <laughs> has Celine Lunaclaw, which Ooh. is closer to, to falling, but... Not that Blisty Powdercam isn't cute, Biorvio. And Celine Lunaclaw and Karina Lantre. Oh. oh. I feel like one of those is their given name and their other one is their chosen name. Okay. Celine Lunaclaw. That just sounds cool. <laughs> I like that one. But that, Celine, that totally feels like a, a chosen name. The Celine Lunaclaw? Yeah. It feels like that's what they chose when they left their family behind and they're adventuring and maybe they have to, you know, go under a different name because 
When they left, they offended somebody. <laughs> well, I'm certainly not going to forget Blisty Powtercam. But I'm going to save it for somebody a little bit less mysterious and otherworldly. Blisty <laughs> Powtercam kind of sounds like the woman in the bar that serves the chow. And maybe the one who crochets. That might be a better choice. Blisty. I like it. <laughs> okay. Celine is McCreese's idea. So Black Moon has put together what we've got Celine from, from McReese and Black Moon came up with with okay so we got two we got celine luna claw and karina landry okay so what you're saying is let's use both her her given name is is karina landry that's the that's who she that's who she is that's on her birth certificate yep (laughs) uh and selena luna claw is the name she goes by yeah Ooh, I really like that. Yeah. It, it fit the personality of just pay attention to me. I've got, I'm the best, you know, sparkly so. pink. So and thank you to everyone. Yeah. Those are it. really, really strong. And Biorvio is falling over backwards. There's like eight laughs on here where he's just <laughs> thoroughly enjoying his own hilarity. She sounds super hot. Well, you bet you red rider. She's a tiefling. Of course she's hot. <laughs> All right, we've got her Celine Ravenclaw is what she goes by. All right. So, fighter, we need some stats for her. Now, there are ways to do this without rolling dice, such as standard array or point by, and all of those are in the player's handbook, or your DM can help you with that. But the most popular way is to roll four D6, just regular, normal six-sided dice, drop the lowest number, and add them together. Now, okay. if your DM is mean, like I like to be sometimes, they don't let you re-roll ones. <laughs> Most DMs will let you. When I roll for my own characters, I don't re-roll ones because I tell you, those negatives that you get sometimes, they're wonderful because like, uh, like you said, your character might offend a lot. So you might have a negative in charisma. Okay. And actually, dice rolling can take a considerable amount of time. Now, one of the rules that Pixel has, and I happen to like this one, so I'll go with the can't roll can't roll ones. Okay. But if you're going to roll four D6s, you can drop one. So if you just get one one, you can drop it. But Pixel says if you don't have two 15s, you can re-roll because you're going to end up with somebody. With, it's going to be so weighted low that, you know, you're really going to get off to a slow start. So I'll accept the not re-rolling the ones if you'll accept have to have at least two 15s. All right. I will, I will take notes. You just roll. Would you? I was going to say, I'm going to roll if you. Okay. So I'm rolling four D6s. And I'm going to call out the numbers here. Sure. Okay. There's a six, a six, and two threes. So I drop a three, and that means that I already have a 16. 15. Right, a 15. I already have a 15, excuse me. Two sixes and a three is 15. So I have one 15. That's good. If I get another 15 or above, well, absolutely, this is it. We only have to roll one time. Okay. All right. Oh, my word. You are not going to believe this, nerdy teacher. Should I get get, Pixel in here to verify? (laughs) Did you get three sixes? I got three sixes and a one. You almost never get three sixes. You got the 18. 18, That's the highest that you can get with this. I'm not sure I have ever rolled an 18, to tell you the truth. 
Yeah. This is going to be a good character. I mean, it's three sixes with the line underneath that this character is a keeper. So obviously I only have to roll one time. Now, if I roll four ones, I get a three and I'm stuck with that, folks. So let's see what we've got. Okay. Another six and another six. Jeez. And a three and a two. This is going to be like the best character ever rolled in the history of the world. I need six those and dice. six is 12 <laughs> and three is 15. I'll sell you these dice for a lot of money. <laughs> Put a money back. <laughs> I probably should have got Pixel in here to be my witness. Oh, I well. promise you can trust bonus mom. Okay, so I got three solid stats. Yeah. <laughs> this I will have this character. The next time I when I'm sitting at your table, nerdy teacher, I'm gonna have Celine. That's who I'm playing. Okay. Okay, no sixes in this one. Uh-oh. Five and five and four and two. So that's oh. a 14. Still amazing. Gosh. This is absolutely amazing. <laughs> Get us a negative. Come on. We need a negative. Black Moon, we got to have uh, we gotta have art for this because this is going to be a stat card for sure. <laughs> okay. I've, I finally, Uh-oh. well, this isn't even bad. Two fours, a five, and a two. Yep, that's a 13. 13. We need one more number from you. I have never in my life ever rolled numbers like this. Come on, no whammies. Here comes the four ones, people, (laughs) which will go in charisma. Wow. (laughs) Two sixes and two twos. So that's a 14. 14. Oh, my gosh. That I did this without a 10 or lower, you just have no idea, chat. I'm telling you that. I mean, have you ever rolled a character that strong on your first time? No. I think or I've heard, heard of it. anybody? <laughs> so for anyone who's wondering what these numbers mean, when we were talking earlier about modifiers and whatnot, these numbers give us our modifier. So an 18, the highest that she could possibly get with these rolls is amazing because that's a plus four. The lower the number, the lower the modifier. 10 is considered average. A normal person would have 10 strength, 10 dexterity, all the way down the line. And 10 is a zero modifier, plus nothing. But if you have a character that's a little dumb, a little not streetwise, (laughs) or very rude, they might actually have a nine or an eight or a seven in something. If you have a character that's very weak, well, then you're going to have a negative strength. So Mm -hmm. normally you'd have to pick where you want your good numbers and where you want your bad numbers. Now, doesn't mean your lowest number is a 13. I know. If you put that in charisma, that doesn't mean that you're always great. You know, you can still offend people. You can play it however you want. But if you tried to persuade someone, you'd have a plus one. Okay, so, have a, so, so. The, the lowest one is absolutely going in charisma because that was determined by those other numbers, the chat numbers. And again, we said for a fighter, the, the thing that matters the most is, and particularly longsword, I need to be strong. So that 18 is going in strength. And does that give me a plus, what, three or four? Four. It gives me a plus four, which is that not as strong as it can get? You can Just starting off, yes. Now, yeah. when we add our background or we add our character race it may go up even but if it doesn't it can still go up to the coveted 20 the highest number that you can get without magic affecting it 
at level four because of that ability score improvement. So, but another thing that that means with having rolled that 18 and put it in strength, if I'd had a really low number, then that next time when she mentioned that we can add two numbers, I could bring up two other things or one thing because I wouldn't need to worry about strength because my strength is already so so strong because that's one of the things a fighter sort of pays attention to is getting as strong as possible as soon as possible. Okay, my second highest number is going to go in my strength. I mean, in my health, my highest in strength constitution gets the next one. So you have two 15s and two 14s left. So constitution will get a 15. Uh, Then we are down to dexterity, intelligence, and wisdom. Dexterity can affect your armor class if you're wearing lighter armor. If you feel like she's going to be more like leather armor or something like that, um, then you want dexterity to be pretty good. If you're going to wear heavy armor and she's going to have metal on because she's opalescent and then it might not affect because some armor won't let you add your dexterity modifier at all. Intelligence. How much book smarts do you have? How smart are you? Wisdom. If intelligence is book smarts, wisdom is street smarts. Wisdom is can you survive if you're lost in the forest or how do you approach an animal or is that person lying to me? I'm not quite sure, you know, thinking about Which it. Which is, is one of the ones you always kind of need to know is, is that person lying to me? Can I do an insight check? Do I think they're telling me the truth? How many times when you're watching any of us on Age of the Minor does that come up? Right. My inclination is to put the higher, the other 15 in there. Okay. So I get those good insight checks. And then the other two numbers, is it a 14? 14 and 14. In the other two blocks in wisdom and dexterity. Yep. So we are looking at strength, 18, dexterity, 14, constitution, 15, intelligence, 14, wisdom, 15, and charisma, 13. And I just want to tell anybody in chat who is brand new that the people in chat and Nerdy Teacher that have been playing <laughs> are absolutely just like green with envy that I have rolled these numbers because that just doesn't ever happen. I agree. It really doesn't. I'm still getting amazing things. I love what you all are doing about the black about the backstories. Black Moon just said maybe dad's dying. When she reaches a certain age, mom sends her on a quest to find father to begin her training to take over. That's so good. Yeah. Ooh, Ooh what if we go with the fact that the dad dad is dying and dad has something to do with the moon? The moon, what if the moon is like the um the moon doesn't have to operate the same as it operates on, on Earth, of course. What if the moon is uh, rotation slows down? Suddenly, a full moon takes four days instead of just yeah. one. What? Well, and that's gonna going to affect on? the tides, the crops. And then there's the yeah. sun that has always jealously resented the moon, right? Because the sun thinks it's the sun. <laughs> and so it's pushing against it from another direction. And as a result, it's pushing the edges. And so the nights are getting shorter and the sun is refusing to set and things are drying up. There's all kinds of things that could tie into how our earth and moon work, but also be different. See, And then this is why you tell your DM, because if these ideas are coming at you as a DM, I'm thinking this is going to lead to like a level 20 fight amongst the gods and the players are going to help. The sun god is corrupted and evil. 
we have to go help the moon God. <laughs> yeah. And restore maybe the sun God usurped. Maybe the sun God used my mother, the most beautiful woman, the most hu- human, beautiful human on our planet to seduce and entice the moon to, you know, weaken him by making his successor be unavailable to him. Okay. Oh, me, goodness. I'm on earth and I'm hidden from him. If he knew where I was or maybe, you know, whatever, yeah, so he we've could be gone from a level one too. fighter to a whole campaign. Come on, <laughs> we have, we have, we absolutely have. That is just amazing to me. The darkness is trying to steal the light of the moon, or the the sun is trying to steal the light of the moon. But yeah, the darkness could be in there too. Hmm. She can have an awesome arrival. You watch um, as the stars in the sky just seem to go out one at a time. Just a few less stars every night. What's going wow. on? What's Oof. going on? That's a campaign, folks. We have, done, and this is our first time. I think we have knocked it out of the park. <laughs> you all yeah. see how much fun this is. But the truth of the matter is that this doesn't have to turn into its own campaign. I can have a tremendous amount of fun. I could have had a tremendous amount of fun with that in Curse of Strahd oh, or yeah. Waterdeep Dragon Heist or um, Horde of the Dragon Queen. Or just bring your character to a level one one shot and see what happens. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Okay. This has been fun. I love it. Next time, uh, I think it was a tie between what was next. Um, Rogue or Barbarian, I think, was what we were discussing. Okay. And the next time that we get together will not be the Sunday after Thanksgiving. It will be the following Sunday, December 4th. So the next Tavern Chat, probably going to be about 4.30 p.m. Eastern Time again here in Bonus Mom's Tavern. And what do you think? Do we want? Well, I tell you what, I may I'm not going to make you wait too long because you're the one who does all the character presentation. But um, let me talk about it for a little while. See, give a couple more chances in chat uh, to see what people might want to do. We might run a, a bit of a. Uh, contest here and um i gotta figure out some things to do with channel points somebody may have been able to do i think that i think that pixel turned off channel points tonight but we will get channel point rewards and things going so that you all can support us that way if you like what we're seeing i would really invite you to consider subscribing and getting our notifications if you don't already do that so you know when we're going to do it next i will be announcing the next one will be december 4th and i i'm going to go out on a limb here and say that we are going to have stats for Celine at our next um when we we don't have them now we don't have anything to hand out but I think we will do a stat card for her maybe even attach some artwork to it like I did for bonus I mean I didn't do it Beast Baker did it and Grix Art did it uh and get some artwork for Celine and do a stat card in case anybody is interested in that character now then, I have made the choices that I have made with Celine, but you all feel free to take any of those ideas and, and go with them. I hope that you have enjoyed what we've done tonight. Um, tell me this before we go. Are we going to raid? She needs a werewolf in her party. Okay. Um, <laughs> bonus mom, if you'll find us somebody to raid, Pixel, that would be great. But I want us to take a moment and I want nerdy teacher to tell you all we didn't do this at the beginning where you can find her and just a little bit about her and then i'm going to share with you what where you can find me 
Sure. I want to say before I jump into that, the werewolf sounds like a, a love interest opportunity. <laughs> but um, my name's Tiffany. I'm nerdy teacher on TikTok and uh, I just make random fun D&D videos, occasionally some educational ones, but uh, just trying to bring some love to the game that has brought a lot to my life. Um, I have a small store on Etsy called Ocrit, where I sell some D&D stickers as well. Uh, but that is mostly about me. I, I'm a dungeon master by passion, teacher by career, maybe a little bit of passion too. But um, I don't, oh man, I never know what to say about myself. I'm always on the spot. <laughs> but I believe that's it. And this has been uh, very fun. I thought this was amazing, bonus mom. Okay, well, I'm going to tell you about Nerdy Teacher that when I started on TikTok with my first little TikTok along in there somewhere, she found me and we became good friends. And I have thoroughly enjoyed going and seeing her TikTok content. I vastly respect her knowledge. As you can see, she is the mechanical part of this team as far as understanding how characters work and what happens to them as they level up. Uh, doing this format and this place was Tiffany's idea. And so I'm just kind of riding along with that and providing the Twitch because I have the Twitch and as of yet, she doesn't, but we'll see. But she is certainly welcome on my Twitch at any time. When I had the channel points reward and I was a dungeon master for a one shot, I asked Tiffany to be at my table and she agreed and was a wonderful asset. And um, her character Rain was at that table. And my NPC, Homer, uh, I think instantly decided he wanted to marry her. I'm not sure there's love involved. His mom, the lady who ran the country store, offered him up and he decided to follow up on it. We then made him a character and I played him in another one shot and I gave him the name Homer Barrel. And the only reason I did that is so that if he ever does get to marry Rain, her name will be Rain Barrel. Oh, no, no, I did not know that. <laughs> That'll oh. give her an incentive to stay as far away from Homer as possible. Oh, man. <laughs> I tumbled into TikTok through a series of events. Uh, my daughter and my son conspired to get me on TikTok back in May. And I, I journeyed from there. I have been doing uh, playing Dungeons and Dragons since 1917. And I've been in several of the Ages of Ainur uh, streams on Twitch. My son, Pixel created that world when we, Einor, when we started doing, um, started doing our homebrew tabletop. And I have journeyed from there to podcasting. I TikTok, I'm on Ages of Einor. I have Bonus Mom 70 on Twitch. Here we are. I have Bonus Mom's Tavern now. And we try to get, primarily, we work on getting Dungeon Masters and players in contact with each other to play as much D&D &D as they possibly can because we love it. But we also talk about cooking and we talk about what's going right in our lives and what's going wrong. I do a Monday through Friday, usually TikTok if I can, about anywhere from 930 to 1030 in the morning Eastern time where I visit with you and I hope that you will share yourself with me. I love caring about you. I love Dungeons and Dragons. I love sharing the glorious fun that this improvisational fun sandbox game can bring. And I hope that we get to do a hundred of these episodes. And I, I hope that nerdy teacher and all of you are here for every single one of them. So I want to thank Pixel because he's in the background, keeping us here, making the 
making us look as good as we can. <laughs> I'm not like Celine, not quite as out there. Anyway, so thank you to Pixel. Thank you for nerdy to Nerdy for this wonderful idea. You all have a great rest of your evening. And I will see you first thing tomorrow morning. And Tiffany and I will be back December 4th at about 4.30 p.m. Eastern time. Y'all take care and care about each other. And please know that both of us care about you too. Did you find somebody? I don't see it in here. Who do you want me to raid, Pixel? No, that's fine. Um, any of those is fine, but I'm, I can't do it. You have to do it because you're. No, I just I'm getting buys from everybody. So we are going to raid. Oh, let's do it. Let's go raid VP. We're going to go raid Vincent Page. If you're if you're hanging in there. Yeah, there's let's go give some little love there or a lot of love to Vincent Page and y'all take care. And we'll do this again. I think the thing about the numbers and the words was fantastic. Anything else from Nerdy? No, I'm all good. And okay. can't wait to do it again December 4th. Yes, we'll see you then. Take care. Oh, and go follow Nerdy and tell her you love her and ask her <laughs> questions. She'll answer them probably better than I would. I'll try. <laughs>